Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to a special edition of The Robinson Show. I'm your host, Ed Robinson. This special edition is a tribute to one of the giants in the world of professional wrestling, Vader. Vader lost his life at the young age of 63 due to pneumonia. Here's a tribute to Vader. No, 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 no. Vader's not making no excuses. Vader's standing right here, Ron Simmons. You want me? You got me. I'm making no excuses. You were an All-American. I was an All-American. This is professional wrestling. You're one and oh. Let's get it on, brother. You man. Sting. Are you listening, Sting? How does it feel? I told you I was going to take you to the school of pain. Well, you went through the school and you passed the flying colors. I told you I was going to take your most prized possession. And you're looking at it, brother, right here in living color. And now you want a rematch? You want one more piece of Vader? Well, you got him. All 448 pounds of him. But let me let me make this perfectly clear. You got one shot, one rematch, and then it's over. And then you'll have nothing left. Because next time, I'm going to take your prize. 50 pounds. Shut up, pump! Hogan! The time is before you! The demon stands before you! The fear is here! The fear is there! Hogan! There's no place else to run! There's nowhere else to hide! It is time to get it on! You must now pay for your stupidity! It is uncensored, unsanctioned! And Mr. Flair is in my corner! Between the two of us, there's an unprecedented 23 world title! Hogan! Get ready to get it on. Get ready to play the pain game. It's over. The talk is over. Hulkamania is over. And it's Vader time. Race is telling Vader something. That's the concrete, Tony. Race has removed the mask. If he power bombs him here gently, he'll kill him.
But a couple months ago, I got some really bad news. Hall of Famer! And uh, it wasn't the type of news that your car was stolen or that your wife's cheating on you. It was much more serious than that. The doctor told me that I had two years to live. And uh, if you have heart trouble, you have congestive heart failure. And, and on top of the bad news of only having two years to live, that there wasn't too much you could do about it in his opinion. And um, in other words, it's, it's not just bad news, but it's, it's gloom and doom time, the end of the world time. So I wanted to, uh, the type of guy I am, I simply, I don't take no for an answer. I, uh, I very seldom have taken anyone's word on what I can do. And that's something for each and one of you young kids out there. Whether you're, you're five years old or 10 years old or 30, 40 or 50, don't ever let someone tell you what you can do and what you can't. Doctor that told me that, that I had two years to live, I said, Dr. Rogers, two years my ass because I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> But last thing I would say, that's my promise to you. I'm not going nowhere, and there's no reason to feel sorry for me. Um, God, I've lived a great life. So let's get it back on to wrestling. From the power of the Rocky Mountain and Panama, Colorado, I bring you the Prince of Power. Coming up after the break, I have my MMA and wrestling analyst, Eric, to talk about the career of Vader. You're listening to The Robinson Show. If you thought the ebook was outstanding, you haven't witnessed anything yet. Coming June 26th, Flying High to Victory, a recap of the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles season, now will be available on audiobook. If you love the ebook experience, then you're going to love the audiobook. Available June 26th. Welcome back to the special edition of The Robinson Show, everybody. I'm your host, Ed Robinson, where we're paying tribute to one of the greats in professional wrestling, Vader. And I have my MMA and wrestling analyst, Eric, to talk about the career of Vader or Big Van Vader, whatever you call him, depending on where you followed him in his career, whether it be in Japan or WCW or later in the WWE. Eric, welcome to the Robinson Show. Well, thanks for having me. All right, so, uh, yeah, man, we lost another one in the wrestling community, Vader. The man had some great highlights. And before we go into his wrestling career, let's give the audience out there a brief introduction to him. We know about he was an offensive lineman at the University of Colorado, where he was a second-team All-American for the Colorado Buffaloes. After he earned his college degree, he was drafted by the Los Angeles Rams in the 1978 NFL draft. He only played two seasons. His first, his rookie year, he was on the injured reserve list. But in his second year, he played in Super Bowl fourteen. But he retired after only two seasons due to a ruptured patella tendon. So his professional wrestling career started in 1985 with the AWA, which is the American Wrestling Association. And then after that, he competed in several other independent organizations. And Eric, here's where Vader really got his claim to fame in Japan. He started off 
wrestling in New Japan Pro Wrestling from 1987 to 1989. When Vader started wrestling in Japan, was this your first time seeing him, or did you see him a little bit later? Yeah, that's the uh, first time I, I seen him. I actually was in WCW, but I I knew about his past. Like, you know, he, he, he fought a wrestler in Japan. He was an older wrestler that no one really wanted him to wrestle, but he beat him up pretty bad in the match, and the fans got mad and rushed the ring and rioted, and they suspended Big Van Vader for a while, and they reinstated him in 1989 before he made his WCW debut at the Great American Bash in 1990. But, uh, I mean, he was a, a towering physical person, 6'4", 456 pounds of just destruction, and um, he was something awesome, especially in Japan because, you know, Japan, they have a lot of different characters in Japan, but they never seen one like Vader. He, you know, he could flip off the top rope at 456 pounds. Very, very physical wrestler. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier, Eric, for someone at 456 pounds, he had incredible agility, and he was a great athlete for his size. And that match that you were talking about, that was against the late, great Antonio Inoki. And that match Inoki, happened. that's uh, what it was. And I'm that, sorry. After his time in New Japan Pro Wrestling, he went to IWGP for two years where he became the heavyweight champ of the world. He won it in an eight-man tournament by beating Shinya Hashimoto. And after success in, in the IWGP, I guess the legend of Vader grew where uh, him and a gentleman by the name of Bam Bam Bigelow had a tag team called Big Bad and Dangerous. They went on to win the IWGP Tag Team Championship. Now, Eric, we know about Bigelow's days in the WWE, but him and Vader were definitely two big but very agile guys, guys that could carry their own, and they were one of the, the top tag teams in the world. Yeah, they definitely were alike in a lot of ways, you know, their stature. You know, but I think Vader just had a little bit more of a mean streak. But, yeah, they were they definitely was a team to be reckoned with. I mean, they could have hung with anybody today. Any tag team today of any era, them two together was very lethal combination. And uh, I wish they would have came to maybe WCW as a tag team or the WWF as it was back then. I think they would have had just as mild of success in either one of those organizations. Well, Vader and Bigelow had a brief run in the WCW, but it didn't last long because they would lose those titles to the WCW World Tag Team Champions, the Steiner Brothers. After Bigelow and Vader lost the tag titles to the Steiner Brothers, it was time for Vader to do his thing as a solo wrestler. So he goes to WCW. He gets there in 1990. He has his first match with the company on July 7th at the Great American Bash where he beat the Z-Man in a little over two minutes. And then he came back several months later where he wrestled at Wrestle War against Stan Hansen where they battled to a double disqualification. So Vader and Stan Hansen, these are basically guys that are cut from the same cloth right here. Your thoughts on that match if you remember it. Yeah, Vader and Stan Hansen, they've had a couple of matches. I think they fought in Japan a few times. Uh, yeah, that was some some good matches because both of those dudes are so physical and just reckless in the ring. I mean, they their their goal was to inflict pain on their opponents. They didn't care about the showboating, the dancing, the flamboyance. They wanted to hurt you and definitely was some brutal matches. But also with Bam Bam Bigelow and Vader and WCW, that's what I was getting at is if they would have let them have a run, you know, I think they could have won a couple of tag titles. But I think at that point, Vader had his mind probably set on, you know, it's time for me to take over the wrestling world outside of Japan and show the world what I can do. And very successful in WCW. And I just wish it would have lasted a little longer in WCW because the WWF sure didn't do much with his career at all. 
We'll get to the WWE in just a moment, but eight months later, he came back at Halloween Havoc and took part in the Chamber of Horrors match in which his team lost to Abdullah the Butcher after being electrocuted by their partner, which was Cactus Jack. And then two months later, he took part in Starcade's Lethal Lottery, where he teamed up with Mr. Hughes as he defeated Rick Steiner and the Night Stalker to advance to the Battle Bowl Battle Royal, which was he was eliminated. But Vader really came of age around 92-93, where he got on with WCW full-time. They paired him up with a living legend and Harley Race. Now, Eric, I got to ask you, Vader was already building up his legendary status to put him up with Harley Race. That was like, that was no small potatoes right there. Oh, man, Harley Race, I mean, seven-time world champ. He's been there, done that, and I really believe that helped Vader's career in WCW, having someone like Harley Race in his corner tell him what to do and how to be a professional, not just how to be a wrestler, but a professional, how to be a person, how to carry yourself in and out the ring, how to be a champ. And he became world champ multiple occasions in WCW. And uh, Harley Race, I say, was that was a heck of a combination. You had a Hall of Famer paired up with a future Hall of Famer. And that's what he needed in his career. And I think it catapulted him to superstardom. Vader got a shot at Sting's World Heavyweight Championship on April 12, 1992, and was disqualified in that match. Sting suffered a pair of cracked ribs and a ruptured spleen in the match after taking one of those devastating Vader bombs, which was his finishing maneuver. Now, Sting, while Sting was recovering from that injury, Vader was in a feud with Nikita Koloff, and that lasted for a brief period, but Vader got his rematch against Sting on July the 12th at the Great American Bash when he became the new WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Your thoughts on that match? Yeah, it was, I mean, Sting versus Vader, I'll say was classic stuff in my opinion, just because you have the powerhouse, you have first high flyer, and you had the flamboyant versus the man who didn't really care what he looked like. He just wanted to come in the ring and inflict pain, and it was a good match all the way through. At times, I thought Stang was going to win that match, but uh, I really, the whole match, I figured Stang was going to win it. There's no way they're going to let Vader win this belt. Vader won it, and I, w- I ain't going to lie, I was rooting for him, and I'm glad to see it happen. All right, so Eric, you mentioned about the rivalry between him and Sting. Well, the next big rivalry that he had in WCW was one that was very strange and very weird, and I guess these two were really made for each other. It was Vader and Cactus Jack. Now, before we talk about the matches, tell me, what were your thoughts about Cactus Jack and his run in WCW? Yeah, Cactus Jack had an okay run in WCW. Um, wish he would have maybe won a few more titles. I don't even think he even won a title, but he fought for a lot of titles in WCW, and he was uh, he just he was suicidal when it came to his character as Cactus Jack. I mean, whatever it took to get that crowd going and 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 interested, he would do it. I mean, off the top rope, through tables. And, you know, Vader, I know you might bring this up, also was the reason Catfish Jack's half his ear got ripped off, you know, getting flipped over the top rope. But uh, they had some gruesome matches, some, some real, uh, real good matches. All right, well, the first gruesome match that they had was on an episode of WCW Saturday Night on April the 17th. 1994. During this match, Cactus Jack suffered a broken nose and needed 27 stitches for wounds on his face. Now, during that time period, WCW was very strict or really uh, a lot of those major organizations at the time had a very strict policy on not showing blood or any type of uh, 
uh, things that were very violent. You got to understand 1994. This was pre attitude era, but this was added. This match was attitude before the attitude era. Your thoughts on this match? Yeah, definitely. Uh, had you with your jaw drop because it was a gruesome match. Um, you know, Cactus Jack suffered a lot of damage in that match, and he also inflicted some damage on Vader, but uh, it didn't show on Vader, but Vader really, really took it to Cactus Jack. I mean, I think he might even suffer a concussion in that match, but I know he's given Cactus Jack a concussion before. It was a, uh, it was a, um, a bloodbath, might I say. It was definitely um, the real attitude error was when him 2 always went at it because you knew he was going to get a busted nose or black eye or or an injury would occur between them two. All right, well, you talked about the concussion, and it happened in their rematch the following week on April the 24th when Vader powerbombed Cactus Jack onto the concrete floor outside of the ring, and it resulted in Cactus Jack suffering a concussion, a temporary loss of feeling in his left hand and his leg. We know about Cactus Jack, as you mentioned earlier, Eric. He'd do anything to entertain his fans, but I think... These two really took it up to a notch in this match where Cactus Jack suffered a concussion and other things happened to him in this match. Yeah, I think if you remember correctly, too, once that happened, they actually, I think, did some kind of skit off of that to where he lost his memory and didn't know anybody. And they had a couple of you know episodes on their TV shows where he had lost his memory and they were trying to get him to find his memory back. But, uh, yeah, that was definitely... A bad, I think he powerbombed him out the ring, if I can remember correctly. I mean, it's been a while, but that's definitely Th- that was what happened. Yeah, it definitely shook his brain, man. It really hurt him. And I and when you see, I watched. I, I never missed an episode. You know, Ebo. We watched wrestling all through these years, and I think we you remember that. And he really hit his head pretty hard outside that ring, and it, we I knew something something had to happen to his head. Definitely a concussion. All right. So while Cactus Jack was recovering from his injury, Vader had a brief feud with. Davy Boy Smith, a.k.a. the British Bulldog, they met in May of that year at Slamboree for the World Heavyweight title. And uh, Vader lost by disqualification when he hit the British Bulldog with a chair, but he still retained his title and was uh, remained WCW champion. I want to ask you, Vader and Sid Vicious, they formed the partnership. They became a tag team called the Masters of the Powerbomb. Do you remember uh, Vader and Sid being the Masters of the Powerbomb? Um, if I remember correctly, I think I, I know it was Vader, and I think it was Sid Vicious versus Sting and the British Bulldog. I think at Bash at the Beach or something. I believe that that's what it was. But I do remember them as a tag team. I know they didn't last that long, but I do remember them being a tag team. But I think they did face Sting and the Bulldog at Bash at the Beach in a tag match, if I could remember. You're absolutely right. In fact, Vader and Vicious against uh, British Bulldog and Sting. It was at Beach Blast. Mm-hmm. That happened in July. Beach Blast. That's what it was. It was before Bash at the Beach was formed. It was Beach Blast. But I, I remember the pay-per-view. They was walking on the beach. The build-up to the pay-per-view, you know, the promo, they was walking down on the beach and all. It was, uh, as a kid, you know, that was a match you wanted to see. I mean, four powerhouses like that in one match that definitely uh, got your attention. After that had happened, Cactus Jack returned to WCW, and certainly he resumed this feud with Vader, and everybody's attention was focused right on these two because Cactus Jack went on to face Vader in a Texas death match at Halloween Havoc. And I tell you what, these two 
had a great run the first time and they resumed their rivalry in a big way. What do you remember about the Texas death match at Halloween Havoc? Um, I, I, I distinctly remember thinking they, they, they toned it down a little bit in that match. I didn't really see the aggressiveness that I saw in matches before. Because I guess they figured they would probably kill each other. But, um, I mean, when M2 feuded, that's a feud that could go on for years and not get tired of just because of what they brought to the table. And you, you knew you was getting 100%, and you knew they was going to take it to each other until one of them either had a concussion or a broken nose or ear ripped off. or They, they always brought it. And that's, that's a feud that, that you don't see these days in wrestling. That, that was a classic feud, and it needs to be mentioned more in the wrestling world because I really enjoyed it. So Vader wound up winning that match at Halloween Havoc when his manager, Harley Race, that stunned Cactus Jack with the cattle prod that kept him down for a 10 count. But here's where things really got very, very interesting. I guess this is where the legend of Cactus Jack, or more importantly, the legend of Mick Foley would continue to grow. On March 16, 1994, WCW had a European tour, went on a world tour. Cactus Jack went up against Vader. It was in a match in Munich, Germany. And something happened where Foley's head became trapped in the ropes and the tension of, of the ropes caused his ear to be torn off. And of, of all of the things that have happened between these two and their rivalry, and just particularly what's happened with Mick Foley throughout his career, tell me, what were your, what were your thoughts when it came, when uh, Foley had his ear torn off as a result of being trapped in the ropes? Well, I didn't watch that match um, because I don't think it was televised, but uh, I did hear about it, and it just made the legend grow that much more between them two. I mean, you had the concussions. You had the broken nose, the stitches, the bloodiness. Now an ear gets ripped off. I mean, it's stuff of legends. I mean, their feud was just amazing, you know. And, and wrestling's missing some of that these days, you know. Some of the feuds they have these days don't live up to the billing. But when you see Big Van Vader versus Captain Jack, oh, yeah, that's must-see TV anytime in any era. We go from a legend that was in the making to a legend that was solidifying his status and continue to keep his legend growing, and that's the nature boy, Ric Flair. Vader and Flair got into their arrivalry of their own, and their first match, Vader dominated much of the match, but Ric Flair was able to beat him for the world championship after interference from Harley Race, and Ric Flair was able to get the roll-up and was able to beat Vader to get the world title back. They would continue to feud until Super Brawl 4 when Ric Flair would once again beat Vader. This time, this was in a Thunder Cage match with the help of a special guest referee titled The Boss. I know Flair and Vader, they had a short rivalry, but kind of give me your thoughts on that rivalry and what did you like about it? What stood out to me about that rivalry, I think when you, talk, they said, when you said he beat uh, Vader for the world title, I believe that was at a Starcade, and I can remember... Before the matchup, they picked up Ric Flair from his mansion, and of course Charlotte Flair was very young there, and Reed, and uh, he kissed them all goodbye, Reed Flair and David Flair, and you know he went on to the arena, and uh, I think it was in Charlotte, his hometown, and he beat uh, Vader that night for the title, and I thought the the feud was all right, the rivalry was all right, it just um different contrast there you know way much bigger invader against a lot smaller rick flair who who's really not going to i would say come off the top rope a lot or become a violent wrestler low blowed and stick in your eye or something but they were okay matches you know but uh 
I was hoping to see uh, maybe a couple of more different types of matches between them, but why it lasted, it was mainly for the world title, so that told you how important that one was because either one of them was champ every time they pretty much wrestled each other. So, yeah, um, I enjoyed some of the matches. Let's fast forward over to Fall Brawl. Vader defeated a wrestler by the name of Angel and Sting in a triangle match to become the number one contender for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, which was now held by Hulk Hogan. Hulkamania had arrived in the WCW in 1994, and Hulkamania definitely ran wild during that period. And a month later, at Halloween Havoc, he defeated the Guardian Angel in a rematch. Now, at Clash of the Champions 19, Vader defeated Dustin Rhodes to earn an opportunity to wrestle for the United States Heavyweight Championship. And in the title match at Starcade, it was Vader going up against Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And, of course, Vader would go on to win the United States heavyweight title. At this point, Eric Vader, I guess you could say, wasn't really in world. He was kind of going back and forth between world title status and U.S. title status. But kind of give you, kind of give me your opinion on that time period when he won the U.S. title. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, has, he had a couple of matches with the Guardian Angel, and I believe that was the big boss man who came to WCW. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, even the United States title, in my opinion, it, it, it was a good title in, in the WCW. A lot of greats held that title. Ric Flair, Stang Luger, I mean, held it on multiple occasions. So when he won that, that title, uh, I, I really uh, I was rooting for him to win it, and, and he won it, and I thought it uh, made his career that much better to know not only could he just be a world champ, I mean, he could win titles at any level and to win the United States title. And convincingly, my opinion, that matchup, he won it convincingly, my opinion. And I, I thought, uh, I thought he well deserved it, even though he wasn't a world champ, but the United States title, that's, that's a prestigious title. And I was, I was glad to see him win that as well. All right. So we move ahead to 1995 and Vader ends his alliance with Harley race. And of course, Harley Race was involved in an automobile accident in real life, and Race would later leave the company. So we have Vader and Hulk Hogan get involved into a feud. They meet at Super Brawl 5, and Vader hit the Vader bomb on Hogan, but Ric Flair ran to the rig and attacked Hulk Hogan, and resulting in Vader wind up winning by disqualification. The rematch would take place at the debut pay-per-view called Uncensored in a strap match. And again... Ric Flair got involved in the match again. Vader wound up losing the match. Hogan wound up winning the match. I got to ask you, Vader and Hogan, did you like the rivalry? I know on paper it seemed like something something worth watching because this was Hulk Hogan. This was Hulkamania. He was working for the competitor at the time. Did you expect better of, of these two? I didn't, I didn't like, I, honest, any rival in WCW for Hulk Hogan I didn't like because when he came to WCW, he was God among gods. You know, he wasn't going to lose many matches, so I knew they weren't going to let Vader beat him for any championships. But, um, I mean, yeah, like the buildup was awesome. You know, Hogan, big, strong Hogan versus big, powerful Vader. You know, you as a kid, you like that stuff. But uh, in reality, I knew Vader wasn't going to win maybe if one or any of the matches. All right, so after Hogan and Vader had their rivalry they had an op- they had another Vader had another opportunity to get his chance at the Hulkster this was at Bash at the Beach in a steel cage match but Hogan would go on to win once again after that Vader restarted his feud with Flair and they met at a 
Clash of the Champions number 31 where Vader beat Ric Flair and his buddy Arn Anderson in a two-on-one handicap match. So now, at this point, Vader's not really, Vader's still in the mix, but he's not in that title match mix anymore. Your thoughts on Vader at this point in his WCW run? Yeah, I don't know what they wanted to do with him. It seems like when Hogan came, you know, he became the, the big, big man, you know, and they sort of knocked Vader back a little bit. And I remember that matchup against Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. That's when Ric Flair and Arn Anderson started having problems against each other, and that's actually the match where they started really feuding themselves. And uh, But neither one of them wanted to get in the ring with Vader at that match. I remember that. And uh, But, yeah, at that point, you started realizing that WCW really wasn't building a product around him no more, you know. Um, no more Harley Race. His feud with Captain Jack is long gone, and now they got Hulk Hogan the face of WCW now. And you know, I just I didn't know what direction he was going to go with at this point with Vader, and I was just waiting around to see what was going to happen next. Well, what happened next, as you mentioned, Eric, WCW not having anything more for Vader, and it showed because Vader was fired from the company after he was involved in a locker room brawl with Mr. Wonderful Paul Lorndorf. Now, we know in wrestling, it gets interesting. You know, you have all these personalities, and professional wrestling is a sport where people are always jockeying for position, always wanting to let their uh, voice be heard. The ego really takes over. Vader's fired from the company after his fight with Paul Lorndorf. Your thoughts? Yeah, I heard something about that fight. I mean, I don't really know the particulars of it, but I heard it, it was it was pretty bad. And so, you know, they part ways with him, which I think was a mistake on on WCW, you know, when they part ways with him. And I knew he would probably go to the WWF at the time, was called the WWF, of course, it's WWE. I figured that's where he would go next. But uh, I really didn't like seeing him leave WCW. They knew how to use his character. Transition over to what you mentioned to earlier about the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation. Vince McMahon, his company, certainly at that time, the WWF was struggling at that time because Monday Nitro was beating Monday Night Raw in the ratings. And Vince was at this time period was looking to take some of take a lot of WCW's top talent. And Vader was one of the top stars at WCW at the time. Vader made his first appearance in the WWF with just weeks up to the Royal Rumble. And there was this big campaign for him. They had this, I remember WWF having this big promotional video and this, these commercials for waiting for the return of, of Vader. Your thoughts on Vader coming into the WWF and going up against possibly uh, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Diesel, Undertaker, all the big stars at that time. Yeah, I remember the build-up. He was jumping on a trampoline and stuff. He, I think he was going to be in the Royal Rumble, which I think he was in the Rumble. But, you know, when he first came to the WWE, right, well, WWF at the time, right off bat, you know, Vince McMahon wanted to rename him to, I think it was Mastodon or something they wanted to call him. And, that's correct. That's correct. Yeah, that's was it Mastodon? Yeah, Mastodon. And um, he wasn't having, you know, he wants to be Vader, so they changed it to just Vader and Vader time and, I don't know what, what it had me excited because you know I like Vader and I figured like you said I mean Vader versus Undertaker Vader versus Shawn Michaels which did happen at a SummerSlam and of course Vader loses he won zero titles in the WWF I just think they made a mockery of him I, I didn't like it you know um, I thought they could have used him a little better in the WWF but uh, I'm pretty sure that hopefully they paid him well but 
I mean, I was excited for him to come into the WWF. I really, really was. All right, so Vader makes his debut in the WWF at the 1996 Royal Rumble. He comes in as number 13, and as soon as he gets in, he eliminated Jake the Snake Roberts, Doug Gilbert, who was one of the members of the squad team, and Savio Vega. And he also fought with his ally, Yokozuna, at the time, but Vader would be eliminated by the gentleman you mentioned earlier, Shawn Michaels. So then Vader has a run. He's on Monday Night Raw for a while and Vader bombing people and going up against opponents. And at the time, Jim Cornette was his manager. He was a part of a stable called Camp Cornette. So Vader appears on pay-per-view at February's In Your House number six. He appeared during Yokozuna's match against the British Bulldog. And Yokozuna was about to pin the British Bulldog, but Vader handcuffed him, attacked him, and just beat him down. This was supposed to be a one-on-one match at WrestleMania 12 between Vader and Yokozuna, but the match wound up becoming, I don't know what for what reasons why the, the company changed it, but it wound up becoming a six-man tag with Vader, Owen Hart, and the British Bulldog against Yokozuna, Ahmed Johnson, and Jake Roberts. The stipulation of the match was that if Yokozuna's team won the match, he would have five minutes along with Cornette in the ring. It didn't happen because Vader's team wound up winning when uh, Vader pinned Jake the Snake Roberts. Now, with WrestleMania 12, WrestleMania 12 was highlighted by the Iron Man match with Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, also with the Hollywood backlot brawl between Roddy Roddy Piper and Goldust, and also the return of Ultimate Warrior against Triple H, and also the Undertaker versus Diesel. It seems like this match was just an undercard match. This match got swept under the rug. Yeah, I remember that WrestleMania very well. Um, I really wanted to see Vader and Yokozuna, you know. I, I wanted to see that match. But like I said, I don't for some reason I guess they figured Vader just wasn't what they thought he was or they didn't want him to be what he was. But I didn't really like that match too much. It was just confusing because it just got thrown on there and no one really hears about that. If you ever ask if Vader wrestle at a WrestleMania, ninety percent of people say no because they don't remember that match at WrestleMania twelve. Like I said, it was outshined by so many other matches, but yeah, I didn't know what they was trying to get out of that. I I don't know. I was um confused. Didn't know what what the whole objectives were of that. Vader went up against Shawn Michaels at In Your House number nine, but this was in a six man tag match. It was Vader Owen Hart and the British Bulldog against Shawn Michaels Ahmed Johnson and Psycho Sid. Vader went on the pin, Shawn Michaels to win the match. So that set the stage for Vader and Michaels at SummerSlam. Vader won by countout. However, there were several endings to the match. Cornette got the match started over, and Shawn wound up winning by pinfall. I don't know. This was kind of a strange rivalry, a strange match to me that they had at SummerSlam. Your thoughts, if you remember it. Uh, My opinion, I think they were trying to get, of course, you know, Vader's feud with Stang. I think they was maybe trying to tap into that because you know how Shawn Michaels and Stang were similar in stature, similar wrestlers, but that's all he got, though, was that match at SummerSlam, and I thought it was a pretty decent match. I enjoyed it. I can remember seeing Shawn Michaels run, jump over the top ropes to outside the ring and splash on a Vader, and I enjoyed the match at that SummerSlam, but then after that, you know, it's like Vader just started going down, 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 and just don't understand what their concept was, but uh, I thought he, he could have had a good run in him, but, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels at the time was the champ. He was 
main event in every event. So, you know, he had just came off his win at WrestleMania, so against Bret Hart to win the world title. But, you know, I enjoyed that match, though. It brought, like I said, it brought back similarities of Stain and Vader. We move right along. Vader had an opportunity to go up against the phenom of the WWF, The Undertaker. They squared off against each other at the Royal Rumble. During the match, The Undertaker's former manager, Paul Bearer, attacked him and helped Vader win the match. And after that, Paul Bearer became Vader's manager. Your thoughts on that match? Yeah, I remember that match as well. I just didn't like the, the, the way they let him win. They should, I mean, if they were going to let Vader win, they should let him you know, win. It seems like in the WWE, he had to cheat to win or he lost. But I think putting Paul Bearer with him, they try to give him that spark maybe like what they did with Harley Race, but it never worked. It just it just didn't work out. You know, Paul Barra being his manager, it just didn't fit in my opinion. But uh, Vader was a true champ, went with it, and did what he was told to do, you know. After Vader and The Undertaker had their match at the Royal Rumble, they went on to compete later that night in the Rumble. This was during the uh, match when uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was eliminated by Bret Hart. The referees didn't see it. We know how that happened. Austin got back in the ring, eliminated both Vader and Undertaker, then Bret Hart, and also eliminated the fake Diesel and wound up winning the Royal Rumble. So we let's fast forward over to Paul Bearer is now the manager. He's now managing not only Vader, but also Cactus Jack, or should we say Mick Foley? He's in the WWF now. He's Mankind. Vader and Mankind were tag teaming at one time. This was a very strange tag team. They fought Owen Hart and the British Bulldog for the WWF tag team title at WrestleMania 13. Your thoughts on that match, if you can remember it? I'll be honest, uh, it really is not ringing a bell because I remember when they did become a tag team, and I really didn't like it. I'd rather see them feud. You know, some people just don't make a good team. They make better enemies, and I didn't really like it too much. But uh, at least they was in the, I remember when Mankind came, my first thing I thought was him and Vader. Let's get this back up and running. I really want to see it. It seemed like they just didn't want to go that direction. Pretty much after that, Vader had another match with The Undertaker, wound up losing that one, and after that, they had him wrestling against uh, opponents such as The Patriot, was involved in some matches at the Survivor Series. He wrestled Kane in in several high-profile matches, but it was really never the same after that. His last televised WWF match was on a Sunday Night Heat against Edge, and at that time, Edge just broke into the company, was a rising star in his own right. Vader's final match in the WWF was on October 25th at a Madison Square Garden house show against Mankind and Ken Shamrock in a triple threat match. Vader lost when he tapped out the Shamrock's ankle lock. At the end of it all, Jim Cornette said in a recent interview, he said part of the reason that Vader's WWE run was not as successful as what was hoped was due to the failure to properly book him. That's what he says, but I want to know your thoughts on Vader's WWE run and why wasn't it successful? No, I agree 100%. They didn't book him right. You know, they put him up against opponents that they shouldn't have put him up against. You should let him feud with The Undertaker, a real feud. You know, put a little money behind that feud and a little uh, a little thought process. They could have probably rekindled his career if they would have put him against Mankind in a really good feud. And I think they could have, you know... Hell in the Cell probably wasn't around yet, but, I mean, imagine Big Van, well, at the, they called him Vader. Vader versus Mankind, Hell in a Cell. I mean, that that would have catapulted him a little higher, but it seemed like, you know, the WWF didn't want to back him up like WCW did or Japan did or 
or AWA or the CWA, they, I know they just turn them into a joke in my opinion. And I've noticed WWE, WWF, they've done that to a couple of wrestlers in the past, you know, Lex Luger. And I just, uh, yeah, I didn't, I just don't think they backed them up enough. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, it always seems his competition was much better in WCW and also when he was in Japan and in the other independent organizations. So after his first run in the WWE, he had went back off and on to Japan. He was in and out of Japan for some years, and then he had an appearance, a couple of appearances in TNA, and then he returned to the WWE. His second time coming back was in 2012. He went up against Heath Slater in a singles match. I guess it was funny. I guess it's kind of like a lighthearted moment right there. Tell me your thoughts if you can remember the match with Vader and Heath Slater on uh, his return to Raw. Yeah, I remember that that uh, that match because Heath Slater was coming out talking and always talking some trash, and Vader came out, wrestled for a few seconds, and beat him fair and square. I believe beat him with the Vader bomb. Uh, I liked it. You know, I was like, you know, where was that his whole career, just destroying people like that in his WWF career? Where was that at? You know, and they could have probably made some better runs with him. I, re- I just don't think they used him right, but um, it was nice to see him come out and dominate like that for his last match, and I don't think he wrestled after that anymore, neither, but uh, but you could tell that he was just a shell of what he was at that time in 2012, So, but it was good to see. Yeah, it was good to see him back at least one more time in the WWE ring, but we go now to the health problems that he had had with the alcohol abuse and then also with the double knee replacement surgery. He had been bedridden for six months, and a lot of things happened to him after he recovered. While uh, soon after recovering from that, he passed out during a trip to Japan for an autograph session. He had been in a coma for 33 days, in which he lost 112 pounds, and then he was having issues with his heart and a host a host of uh, other health problems. Former wrestling great Diamond Dallas Page reached out to him. They got his body back in shape through his DDP yoga program. Diamond Dallas Page has rehabilitated a lot of former wrestlers and a lot of his former friends with this yoga program. I want to ask you your thoughts on this, Eric. DDP has kind of been the one that's really helped a lot of wrestlers get their careers and more importantly get their lives back on track with healthy eating and the yoga. Yeah, he definitely revived a lot of people's lives. He did it for Jake the Snake. He did it for Scott Hall. He did it with a little bit of with Vader. So, yeah, I mean, I like what he's doing, and um, that's what you need more in this world. You know, start helping people. Give people a helping hand. It goes a long way, you know, and the way Vader got sick and all, and and a lot of people knew that he was sick and didn't have much time left. And uh, just wish he would have, you know, maybe got to the Hall of Fame a little sooner or something, but I don't know what the WWE is going to do with that, but um, uh, he should have definitely been in the Hall of Fame years ago, but... uh. My opinion, one of the greatest big men of all time. No, no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, he had heart surgery in March, and then last month he was treated for an irregular heartbeat. And then just a couple of days ago, he had passed away after spending a month in a hospital for pneumonia, where he was only sixty-three years of age. So, Eric, final thoughts on the career of Vader. What you liked, what you didn't like, and what will his legacy be, and will he be in the Hall of Fame next year? He may get in next year. I hope he does. 
Like I said, it's definitely overdue. Um, but there's another moment I want to touch on right quick. That you remember um, he put the World Heavyweight Championship on the line against a man named Ron Simmons. And that night, Ron Simmons became the first WCW African-American world champ beating Vader. And that's, that's who Vader was. I mean, Vader, he would, he would help people. He never said no. If it's best for business, let's do it. And that night, that that was an awesome moment to see. And Vader was part of that. And that was a good match. And um, I like the way them two, I think Ron Simmons and him probably should have had a better feud as well. You know, and um, he also feuded a little bit with Lex Luger. I think Luger beat him for that championship that he beat. I think Luger beat him for the championship. I think they fought on numerous occasions for the championship. And I know Luger beat him for it, I believe, one time. And I'm not sure if Vader beat him back for it. But I know they, they, they had some good feuding, and his legacy will always be one of the best big men. He was um, a ruthless wrestler, and, and a lot of people always remember Big Van Vader, especially when he used to take off that big old helmet and sit it on the, the aisle and shoot smoke out. I mean, as a kid, that, that was awesome. And, you know, to see it never, ever happen again and to know that he did what he did through heart, determination, and I'm pretty sure he probably had a lot of obstacles to go through because he wasn't the most agile wrestler, the most athletic. But he had hard determination, and he made a great career. And it just, I just hope he gets rewarded by the Hall of Fame. I, he, he really should get in there. He needs to be in there. Well, you heard it from him. That's my MMA and wrestling analyst, Eric, talking about the career of Vader. Certainly one of the giants in the world of professional wrestling. Eric, we got to do this again. Thank you so much for being on The Robinson Show. Oh, thank you, Ed. I appreciate it. Coming up, we'll have more. You stay tuned. June 26th. Pick up your copy of Flying High to Victory, a recap of the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles season on audiobook. If you were captivated by the ebook, then you will be mesmerized by the audiobook. Pick up your copy of Flying High to Victory, available on audiobook. June 26th. Don't forget to follow the Sports Talk with Friends Facebook page and tune into the Sports Chatter Show every Friday at 7 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com. Fridays at 7 p.m. on the Sports Chatter Show on Blog Talk Radio. We hope you've enjoyed this special edition of The Robinson Show. I'm your host, Ed Robinson, and remember, put God first in everything you do, and you can't go wrong. Until next time, stick to the script. I'm out. Peace. June 26th, pick up your copy of Flying High to Victory, a recap of the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles season on audiobook. If you were captivated by the ebook, then you will be mesmerized by the audiobook. Pick up your copy of Flying High to Victory, available on audiobook, June 26th. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.